on February 24th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Join me online via Zoom for a free novel writing workshop. Go to TonyDuchesne.com free to register. We'll work on putting a plan together, a plan of action of what it takes to start and finish your novel. That's TonyDuchesne.com free slash free. Do you want to have an amazing novel ready by the end of the year to start showing agents and publishers? I hope to have a next one ready to show agents and publishers at the end of the year. It's simple, yet it's not easy. So join me to set yourself up for success with your novel. That's TonyDuchesne.com slash free, limited to the first 50 students. TonyDuchesne.com slash free. And this is for the free creative novel writing workshop on February 24th, Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. UK. Join me, TonyDuchesne.com slash free. You're listening to Pirate Cat Radio, KPCRLP, 92.9 FM, Los Gatos and beyond. Hello, I'm Melinda Lee Holm, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show. You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Melinda Lee Holm. She's the author of Your Tarot Guide, Learning to Navigate Life with the Help of the Cards. Hi, Melinda. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I should I should pull it. <laughs> I wish, you know, I wish I was smart enough to bring my tarot deck over and pull a card while I have you right here, but I'm not that smart. So oh, okay. <laughs> You know, I, I'm the tarot reader, and I don't have my deck over here either. So we're, <laughs> we're yeah. Good. Do you, do you use your deck, the deck that you, uh, one of the decks you created? Is that your your main deck? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now I, yeah, I used Elemental Power Tarot, and then when Tarot of Tales came out, I switched over to that one because oh, I kind of I make decks that I want to use. Right. I'm I'm a I'm a selfish author that way. So well, it's it's. That's great because when you're, you know, as, as a reader, I mean, like as a writer, you want to make books you want to write. As a filmmaker, you want to make films that you'd want to watch. As a tarot reader, make a deck that you'd actually want to embrace. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, exactly. And people vibe that too. I think people vibe it when uh, when it, it it doesn't feel honest and from the heart. And then when it's from the heart, then, you know, it's it's beautiful. They may not yeah. like well, it, but I, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But they they get it, you know. And I think yeah. too that because uh, my illustrator Rowan Daniel Eason, he, you know, we've done four four things together now: two books and two decks. And he draws everything by hand in pen and ink. And yeah. so I think we're so used to seeing, especially on like most <clears> new <throat> decks, are are you know digitally rendered or you know drawn. And so when people see it, they're like, why does it, why does it look like this? Why does it feel different? Like, oh, draw, uh, a hand drew it. <laughs> like it was a hand, physically no. drew. Yeah. And that's why I mean, I'm sitting there. I'm loving the illustrations. The, your illustrator's name again was? Uh... Rowan Daniel Eason. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's sexy. And um, I mean, I do the same thing with novels I, I and screenplays. I write them by hand first. And then it goes into the computer. So it's and and I it it's the worst thing in the world to do time wise, but it's for some reason it's just how I have to do it. And um, there's they, I guess because I have a, I'm an analog junkie, so it's just nice not to have elect electroids in the middle of the creative process. I guess. Yeah, well, it is hard because I I mean you know, I try to do all the things of like, oh, just turn the Wi-Fi off when you're writing. Like, yeah, I know how to turn it back on. So that doesn't really work for me. Like, <laughs> Here's what I use. And I'm showing uh, Melinda this now. It, it, so when I have to type stuff in, I have this old dumpy word processor and it only shows three lines of text. So I can't go back and look. And this is what I bring with me to the cafe and people like people, if I have to type, if I'm typing a scene or if I have to type some stuff in and people are like, wow, what is it? They look at me like, what is that new technology? And I'm like, it's $30 on eBay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, my grandma was a, uh, was a secretary. And so she had like the first word processor 
that came out, you know, when I was a like a little kid in the early 80s, it was like the most crazy future Jetsons thing I'd ever seen. Right. Because that, that's, you know, you just use a typewriter. Why would you ever do something that paper doesn't come out of immediately? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are with uh, supercomputers in our pockets that used to take up entire buildings in New York City. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's it's wild. Yeah. It'd be be living at the time that bridges bridges those worlds is wild. Yeah. And we're all still dumb. How does that happen? <laughs> I think we're, just, you know, it's like Idiocracy, it, that movie is uh, proving to be a documentary. You know, we just get, we Sadly. just get, <laughs> we don't have to keep it. We don't have to keep any information in our minds anymore, right? We can just, You're right. Accessible. I remember when I used to, I used to know all of my friends' phone numbers. Like, I just be like, bup, 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 bup. and then now I couldn't, I couldn't tell you anybody's phone number because it's done for me. So when people say, oh, AI is coming, are you going to write that way? I'm like, no, never. <laughs> I love, you know, even though it's hard, I love the process of writing. Am I going to have AI do yoga for me? So my abs get tight? No. <laughs> no. Oh God, if only, I mean, but that's something I, you know, but yeah, I'm going to write by myself. It's yeah. also not not a good writer yet you know like maybe it will be someday but it's so obvious what things are written by ai well i gotta tell you there's some writers that should use ai and i have a list of them (laughs) but but we won't talk about that i'm just like oh my god that's when i'm like all for ai because i'm just like maybe i will read your book or watch your film (laughs) maybe ai can help you out um help you with this (laughs) <laughs> yeah 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 let's just redo all that without any of your human interaction because what you're doing isn't great um let's let's I, I have many more complaints but we should probably stay on you do you um yes do you get who keeps the illust- original illustrations of rowan's work well right now i have almost all of them at my house yeah which is crazy I feel like I should go get a safety deposit box or something, but he yeah. was, you know, it's crazy. He was here in, uh, he's based in London. So mm. he came over in October and we did a couple of events for the release of your tarot guide. And he brought all the originals over and um, yeah. And it's really funny because, you know, I, to me, the, these drawings are the craziest, most magical thing I've ever seen and especially because I tell him what to draw and then he just, and then I get back this insanely beautiful, like detailed drawing. And he's just like, all these originals clogging up my studio, you know, to him, it's, he does it all day. So yeah. it's not anything special, but yeah. So speaking of AI, my, my husband's really into it with mid journey and the images and he kept and I'm just not impressed. And he kept saying, but you can tell it to draw anything. And I said, yes, like an illustrator. And he was like, oh, that's right. God damn it. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. And also the, I mean, the beauty of the the interaction, because I'm sure when you, I'm sure you have a vision of what it is in your mind and you're like, if he can pull this off, you know, the great illustrators, the great actors, whatever, if, if they can pull this off, man, this would be great. And then they usually exceed our expectations because they're experts in their fields. And <laughs> it's just like, you're just, I just sit back and go, yeah, I'm in awe. You're good. You're good. It's, I mean, it's incredible. And especially a few projects in, right? Where it's like, yeah. we've developed this language. Like we have a visual language that is very specific to the work that we do together. And so, you know, it's just, we we have all of this shorthand and through the process, he's learned so much about tarot. So he's, and then he, he goes and researches on his own too. So when we did Tarot of Tales, you know, it's like 78 full scene illustrations. It's mm-hmm. crazy, you know, crazy amount of work for, uh, for, for absolutely all of us. Yeah. And I noticed I'm getting them back and like all the swords are birds. And the one that made me realize that he was doing this extra research was the uh, the Knight of Swords. I said, you know, bird riding another bird with a sword flying through the air. And I get it back. And the bird that's riding the bird is a blue jay. And I was like, oh, that's cool, because blue jays are really aggressive. And then I went, oh, 
oh my God, he's doing that throughout. He was choosing animals because I would just, you know, like whatever bird you want to draw, I trust you at this point. And he was specifically choosing species of birds or, you know, different, different animals for their qualities. Wow. Person. Yeah. I love that. I'm yeah, so sad. I missed your events when you were in uh where, where were your events when the book uh, came out? We did one uh, here in LA at the philosophical research society. Oh, oh I live right by there. Yeah. Dang it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was great. It was great. So Jess Hundley, I don't know if you know her, she does like library of esoterica for Tashin and all sorts mm. of stuff. She interviewed us and that was great. And then we did one out uh, in the desert at UC Riverside Palm Desert. Oh, cool. With Todd out there. Yeah. What, yeah with with Todd Goldberg? Is that who he said? Yeah. Oh, I know yeah. him. Yeah. He's a sweetheart. Yes. He's the yeah. best. He's my, I'm in his program right now. Are you, you're at the low residency MFA? Yeah. Oh, who who's your advisor? Uh, David Eulen. Oh, no way. Okay. I know him too. Yeah. <laughs> and both of them have been on the show too. Yeah. No, I love those guys out there. Yeah. And you just had, you had residency oh last month, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I, I graduate in June. So it's, uh, it's real, real go time right now. Oh, cool. So if you're going to the, uh, their events, we've probably bopped around the same events because if Todd or Yulin are doing something at Skylight or, you know, whatever, I usually, I'm usually there. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we've probably been at Skylight watching, watching those yeah. two dudes over one of their books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, and those, and those, and those events are so great because they're so crowded with people who are associated also with the program. Or who are, you know, like agents who are around those guys too. And it's just like, it's so much, because I spoke out there many years ago too. So I was for uh, film stuff. <laughs> I don't think my thing, I don't think my lecture went over too well, but, um, but you know, I, that was a long time ago when I was less of a lecturer. Now I feel better, but, um, but yeah, it's, it, it, that whole crew is just fantastic. And wait, what, so what, what's your specialty? What, what are you, uh, cause with David, would you be doing creative nonfiction? Is that? Yes, yes. Okay. I'm working on uh I'm working on a memoir now. Mm -hmm. And so this has been interesting because I it I did five books in three years and started grad school, not on purpose. I didn't know that my publisher, you know, I'm really happy that they were like, another, another, another. Um, and then I started grad school in the meantime. So I was doing them both, but uh, so there's some crossover, right? That like I got into tarot when I was a kid because mm -hmm. I mean, in short, like my life was very chaotic and shitty. And so yeah. this was like my outlet of my own little world that could be mine and where I could, you know, just survive and escape home and go out into the world. I love that. And Can we remember the other stuff? Cause I love that part so much. So what it what is it what, what how did how did like the tarot find you when you were that young because how it did say you were like 15 or was it younger yeah 15 okay so was, so how do you find tarot at that age i didn't even know what a tarot was at that time so well if you are oh if you are weird and lonely <laughs> you wander around bookstores by yourself well and if you're weird and lonely and it's what 1991 92 you know like there's nothing there's nothing yeah there's no there's no to go to or i mean i guess there was but not for me and uh not for most people and so i spent a lot of time just like wandering around the mall by myself and in minnesota it's it's so cold you know you go to somewhere indoors right where you can and to be weird in minnesota in the 1990s was a thing it was a huge yep. thing because I was in Minnesota. I, I was the weirdo when I was uh, married in the nineties and in Minnesota. And it was beautiful because I was the weirdo just going up to people. I'd see like, I remember seeing a dude with an uncle Tupelo shirt at a cafe and I'm like, and my uh, ex-wife's family's there and everything. I'm all, dude, what's up? Love those guys. And I'm like sitting there chatting with the, with the weirdo dude. And they're just like, 
what is Tony chatting with? And what, does he always do this? And you know, it's, <laughs> and the by because my in laws were just as uh, nutso as everyone else that was, because I, I was the weirdo there too. I would have been right with you at that mall, and I would have, but yeah. um, around that same time, probably around those years, is when I had a lot of all of my. Uh, a lot of drama came up from my family as well as a friend dying. And I had, um, and I went to the library. It was like, I was weird and lonely. And the only place I can go where I can just sit there and I'm just like, how do I not lose my mind was a library. And that's when I found novels. And I didn't even really read novels when I was in high school. And that's when I wow. went, that's when novels touched me. And I, I, I say this with all sincerity, reading novels saved my life. Like, I may not be here if I didn't if I didn't realize there were people that the, the, these writers can talk to me in this deep, emotional, honest level. And it's all storytelling, too. So when it comes around to tarot, tarot is that's what that's why I'm so juiced up to talk tarot, because it's all story. Yeah, it it, and it you know, and it, it saved my life, too. And just wandering around the mall bookstore found this metaphysical section. And I was like, wait, what's all this? And because it's a bookstore, you can just sit down in the yeah. aisle and look through books. Oh, I miss those days. <laughs> oh, God, it was glory, you know. So, like, yeah. I'm, like, forever devoted to Barnes & Noble because I just, like, sat there for hours, like, looking through this stuff. Yeah. And, <clears> and <throat> it gave me another story of my life, you know, to put down, like, learning to read tarot and then I'm doing these spreads and looking through it and it's telling me a story of my life that's not about you know like my mother and being bullied and like like all of this stuff it's like okay now is the time for you to like work up your boundaries like high priestess mode and get your energy together so you can move into the next and it was like oh yeah okay all i have to do and i do remember just like th this like like clear as a bell ringing in my head moment around that same time of like just survive yeah just survive and it like you don't have to think about what comes next do what you gotta do yeah survive and get the hell out of here yeah and and it really helped me to do that that is so fantastic I love I love I love origin stories like that. And I'm so LA now. I never would have used the word origin story 10 years ago when I lived in San Francisco. <laughs> but but it's it's just it's it truly is an origin story of two beautiful things coming together and how important it is that um yeah and how important it is because I I I flirt with tarot and I flirt with astrology. And um, but I also grew up in a religion that told me that these this is like making out with Satan, you know, just like Satan and his forked tongue and my tongue together, just twirling as we're like caressing each other's horns and hair. But um, the <laughs> ah, yeah, I'm like okay, that's supposed to be bad. Yeah, yeah, no, right. no, no, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start an OnlyFans channel with that. But um, no, it's just and then just starting to realize that um, well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. So the one of the I got an assignment when I was writing in San Francisco because I used to do more journalism. And um, more like light journalism. So they said, hey, we want you to do it. We want you to get a tarot reading from this guy who uses X-Men cards decks as the as the reading. And I was like, and that was the first time I've never touched a tarot deck. Like when I walked through the occult section in a bookstore, even though I was out of the Jehovah's Witnesses by that time, I was like this. I still couldn't even look. So, um, but I have to take the assignment because one, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Two, I like I like not getting kicked out of my apartment. So I'm like, I'm doing it. And it was almost like I was having like a breakdown to get there and do it. And but it changed me. And it changed me writing the article because then I realized this is not it just blew my mind because it blew my belief system out. Again, my belief system was continually being blown out. And I think it still continues to be blown out. And it's good to have your belief system challenged no matter what, you know, just poof poof but um but it's it's the beauty of the archetypes the beauty of connectedness the beauty of how we understand stuff oh and it's so it's so yeah yeah and this whole language you know the 78 cards that make up this language that 
is designed to tell us about ourselves and to help us navigate through human experience in these really universal ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and they're well, also really. what what's great about it is they're also they 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 go beyond language. I mean, we can yeah, you know, I've seen Italian decks and Spanish decks and you and immediately we see the images and go, "Oh, that's the 8 of pentacles." <laughs> you know, and so you go, yeah, "Ocho de pentacolale," you know, but uh, <laughs> but um, I just blew my mind. We were uh we were out at Sundance, we were staying in a house in a house with some people and and Somebody, oh you read tarot do you have your cards and i said no oh well we have a playing card deck i can read on a deck of playing cards and my husband was like what you can't we've been married almost 10 years how did i not know this i've never seen you do this like you know we just we don't have the major arcana and we don't have one of the court cards but we can see what comes up yeah because it's the same thing. you know it's like four suits yeah. ace through ten and then some court cards now, is it true that tarot cards were actually the original cards and then the these card decks of playing games was uh, later? He says it, unknowingly and completely out of context. Well, it's, there's not a, there's, there's the lore and there's what we have in, you know, in like physical evidence, right? In like, mm -hmm. like cultural artifacts. And, and so there were, the earliest cards were Chinese card games, and then they develop into uh, yeah. So it's it goes it goes there, it goes through the Ottoman Empire, and then um, by the time it gets to Europe, then it becomes very fashionable for wealthy families to have these very fancy hand painted card decks, mm -hmm. and then yeah, out of there then it gets kind of distilled down into modern playing card decks. But yeah, so that's why all of the figures, these archetypes, they're figures from life, right? Yeah. That Like there's an emperor and there's an empress, and then they're figures from the morality plays. So they would have these, you know, traveling productions to kind of teach people how to be good people. Um, and they had Bible story ones. And so there's all these universal figures like death comes and temperance, you know, just very biblical thing. Uh, and the, that's our major arcana. And, you yeah. know, like Christianity stole it all from paganism anyway. So it all like, you know, it keeps it keeps coming through throughout culture. It's not like it's only rooted in Catholicism, but definitely the original imagery is. Yeah. And it I got it. It's in the I would be scared I mean, I got, I have like three uh, or two or three decks and I love, I use the Rider Waite deck the most, um, <laughs> not as good as you, but after, but after looking through your book, cause sometimes I, I'll, I ease, I get easily distracted if it's not a writing project. So then I'll be like, oh yeah, tarot, that's great. And then, I'm, and then I'm away from it for too long. And then I get a book like yours and I'm like, I got to get back into it. And I really like how your book is laid out because it feels not it 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 just it like I love how you have the apothecary and the and the Hebrew letter that goes with it and the uh and with it's it the just the way you charted it out connects with my brain and that and I'm like oh and then you show spreads and how they and it's just like I have so many other tarot books that where I kind of just get overwhelmed as I'm looking at them but when I look at yours I'm like oh <laughs> this is fun because when I pull this card, then I can go, hey, that's interesting. Let me look up the uh, the crystal that's uh, the, or the stone that's to this. And then what's the, the Hebrew letter uh, is uh, here and uh, uh, ginger root. It's, I'm just like sitting there with the, and I'm, it's just, I just got to tell you, my mind's blown. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, that makes me so happy. That's my ultimate goal is to, you know, like demystify tarot which, you know, I'm sure some people would not be happy with me about, but you know, why, why, wouldn't they, why wouldn't they be happy about that? It's well, traditionally, you know, it's been very protected, you know, the arcana, it's like, it's the secrets, right? So in mm -hmm. reason, you know, people were murdered and masks for practicing witchcraft and for for practicing anything besides besides catholicism for a long right. time right. and then there were 
people think, oh, you know, you can only, somebody has to give you your tarot deck. And, you know, people get really, uh, it, it's been a very kind of closed system for a long time. And so there's, I think like anything, you know, it's, people find it really near and dear to their heart and they get protective and they want it to stay precious. The, the um, traditional, it sounds like, because I, I would love, I would love it if somebody like was mentoring me and said, here's your first tarot deck and here's, and with let's sage it together and we'll put it in this box. That would be cool. But you know, I still like go on Amazon and go buy. <laughs> so it's, well, so it, it's, it still gets to me. <laughs> and also like, like that's a fantasy world yeah. for 99% of people, you know? And if you're, if you're me, and you're like this kid going through this shitty time utterly alone like no witch is like walking out of the mist to come and save you but you know like no fucking coming to save you so like oh like, if no, i had know. a witch coming out of the mist when i was a teenager i would just be like oh i i see your boobs it would just like it would have been the best day of my life and still the best day of my life even though i've accomplished other things you know yeah yeah but it was it's like well that's where i peaked <laughs> yeah everything peaked it. when i was 14 <laughs> i saw yeah. the witch <laughs> oh, uh, well, yeah, so I, I love to keep it i want people to feel like they can like they can get this book and just dive right in yes you know and that's why i get different little kind of shortcuts for memorization because that's another thing people are like oh i can't memorize 78 cards yeah. Well, and, you know. and I, and I like then for someone like me, I like those shortcuts a lot and I like the charts and it's just, it, it made it, it, I, I, you know, I've read, I read like very simple tarot books where I'm just like, Oh yeah, yeah, this, it doesn't engage me enough. And then when I'm reading yours, I'm like, Oh wait, I'm engaged. Cause there's a lot of meat here, but it's, but it's also sparsed out in a meal that's easy, easily digestible. Oh, thank you. That's so great. <laughs> I'm to transcribe that and frame it on my wall for when I feel <laughs> if you like. want yeah that's fine I'll, I'll draw it for you with my chicken scratch and send it oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i've done the same thing with friends where they've said stuff uh about me in front of other people and i'm just going and you know the, like one one even said oh yeah uh one even said tony duchene and cameron co are the best two film writers i've ever i've ever worked with uh in my life and i like i was just like and he just said it in passing to a, another producer. And I'm just like, ah, 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 pulling out my phone going, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's redo that. Let's uh, take two, take two, put a little. <laughs> Sorry, we weren't, we weren't rolling. We weren't rolling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and now I just live with the memory and just go, ah, it's just, but that, you know, those little moments are the, are the highlights of. The, our journeys and it's you know maybe they were never supposed to be recorded maybe they never were supposed to be uh maybe they just needed to sit there in that space and time and be an intimate thing and i shouldn't even have brought it up on the show <laughs> I, think, I think that we should because it's you know i mean there there are well i guess musicians and stage actors you know it's like you do something and then oh, hopefully everybody like applauds and you yeah. get this very direct Back, but when you're writing, you just throw it into the void, and then hopefully, yeah. <laughs> you, know, and what are you, do? you can't read the reviews because that's a losing battle. You know, like that's terrible. Even if there if there are 99 glowing reviews and one that's like four and a half stars, you just fixate on that one. Isn't it great? Like the one star reviews, they don't bug me at all. Cause I'm like, you idiot, you read the whole book or you saw the whole film. <laughs> it's like, that's on you. And I like, I, I, those are the ones I want to frame. Cause they're just like, I was so upset because and I'm like, there's, there's a button called off. You know, there's a button called off. <laughs> exactly. Just, just walk away. Right. But the like four, like four. Yeah. Well, no, three stars is the worst. Three stars oh. is just like I, I I hope I'm nowhere like on a bridge, uh, you know, or near or in a tall building and I and it pops up on my phone because people are gonna have to hold me back from jumping, you know. It's just like... Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have in my in my memoir that I'm writing now, there's there's one 
passage that it's woven into the narrative, but this sort of like, you know, really falling off the edge stream of consciousness thing. And then it, and then a thing about like, like reviews comes at like, you know, like a parent review paranoia comes up and Yulin was like, that's the most terrifying thing I've ever read. <laughs> it's, it's so it so has to, it stays in then. Yeah. I yeah, mean, when like, you get no, a comment like that, that stays in the book. Hey, how how far along are you on? Are you are you, are you close to uh, final uh, final edits or final drafts? Um, I am about ninety pages in, mm -hmm. so I need. I mean, this is very detailed sort of stuff, but I, you know, I need I need one hundred twenty pages for my thesis. That's going to be easy. We check it off, and uh, you know, and then I'll I'll need more from the book. But I think I've got most of it mapped out. Great. It feels close yeah 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 and then so, you know, yeah, I mean, well go ahead i'm sorry once i once i put you know had all these individual stories and once i put them in order then i oh okay now i see what questions need to be answered and then what questions those answers will bring up and so you know i've got a few a few layers to get into and kind of the narrative thread how everything comes together <clears throat> yeah. So easy. It's so easy. We could do it in our sleep. <laughs> I had a beautiful uh, I had a beautiful note from one of my students today because uh we had a uh we had a critique earlier this was it earlier this week? No, last week. And um and I knew she wasn't happy with the critique. <laughs> but but it's I want to be as honest. Yeah, I just I want I want the best for the story. All I want is like I, yeah, I always tell my students Sir, you know, serve the story. You're, it's, and it's probably me trying to tell myself serve the story too, because just take myself out of it, serve the story, even if it's, even if yeah. it, you're, even if it hurts to get rid of some things or it hurts to feel, go, oh God, I can't put that in there because my mom will read it. And you're like, no, it's got to go in there. So, right. The, <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, um, but I got the sweetest note from her this morning. She's like, after two torturous nights of uh, trying to figure, she's like, she was just, she just said, thank you. Yeah, I did. Now I get it. Now I, you know, and she saw it. And then what she did to rework it was really great. And I'm just like, there you go. It's, you know, it's just beautiful <sighs> to, uh, but it's, it, you know, and it's just lovely because I get to, um, I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that's why David and Todd, you know, they there there's just such beautiful juice in uh, seeing talented people work on their stuff, and and you get to see the light bulbs in their heads go off, and then it's just like, oh wait, I forgot the beauty of that, because, and then it's it, it just it's kind of a feeding machine of um, you know doing your own work, and then also just being stoked for even the hard times for your for students, you know? Right. Oh yeah. And both of them, I mean, they're, they're so great. I, you know, I don't work with Todd as, as a teacher, but you know, as the program director and he's just, he's the best. Yeah. He's the best. And Yulin is the best, you know, forever devoted to him. He's the greatest mentor. Yeah. Yeah. That's great to hear. Oh yeah. My, another friend of mine, uh, he's on his first year year first year there he's working with mark haskell smith who's a good friend of mine i, I adore him um i, I don't know with mark too he's oh like, did you hmm? yeah he's great yeah because yeah. we take secondary genre and so i i took fiction and then uh yeah and then i realized it's uh, i feel like fiction and nonfiction. it's like being writer left-handed yeah like it's like one or the other comes more natural and i think I mean, I from based on only on my own MFA program that I'm in, fiction seems a lot more natural to more people. But mm -hmm. for me, I just my it's like pulling teeth to write a fiction story. And I but I can look at the tiniest little anecdote from my life or that I observe out in the world and like, you know, weave a huge, huge thing from it. So, yeah. Sorry, Mark. I'm not a fiction. <laughs> not a no, fiction it's, it's it's like bless you. It's it's almost like yeah. Uh, uh, it's you got to go where your heart goes, and I I feel like there's more room for solid nonfiction, especially in the uh, publishing world, than there is for you know fiction is just like 
I, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm, I, um, I'm don't have an agent at the moment. So I'm trying to sell all the book that I finished last year and, uh, you know, kind of throwing it to agents and, my old agent was really sweet. She's like, oh, you know, she's at a new agency now. So she's like, this does, I don't rep this, but you know, this is, she called it fresh and funny. And, you know, she's just like, here's, she said, here's six agents um, that I want to refer you to. And I've heard back from two who passed already. So I'm waiting on four right now. I'm in that moment of, um, you know, I, what I'm doing is I'm getting ready to look at other agents <laughs> <laughs> just like I'm trying to plan ahead, ahead and ahead, but it's just, it's the hardest yeah. part. Cause I don't, I'm not a salesman. I'm, 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 I'm exactly, you know, you. I need a salesman. <laughs> yeah. This is, this for. is the, this is the, um, and that's why I'm, I, I've been so focused on this new book. I almost, I, I forget about the book that I'm trying to sell. I, someone asked me for the first 20 pages and I'm like, yeah, okay. And I was like, oh, wait, let me give this a read. And then I read it and I was like, oh, that's not bad. It, I'm so disconnected from those characters because even though I, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I mean, with this, look, this, all this tarot stuff, the turnaround on this stuff is so insane, right? Where they're like, okay, so we signed the contract. Can we have it in three months? You need, we need 38,000 words or 30,000, you know, I don't know. However yeah. many words they contracted me to I, I always go over the word count and then beg them to put more pages in the book. Uh, but it's so, it's such a fast turnaround that I'm kind of editing as I go. Mm. Right. So everything, don't move to the next sentence until this sentence is right. You got to get this sentence oh, right. Oh, is that how you do it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I, you know, I send it in, in chunks because tarot stuff, you know, it's like, here's the majors, here's this suit, you know, and here's the front matter, everything sections off neatly. And then I get it back in the PDF and I have one go to go through and make a round of edits and that's it. Huh. And then it, and so by the time it goes, I'm just like, I can't, I have no idea what I wrote anymore because it's just been so stressful and I'm just pouring through and I'm not even reading the book as a whole. I'm reading it sentence by sentence and trying to make sure that I don't sound like an idiot in any of them. You know, I have like this paranoia of like, oh shit, now it's going to go to print and there my name's on it. Yeah. And then when they see the first copy, the same thing, I open it and go, oh, this is good. Oh, <laughs> oh this is this is why I keep they keep having me do these. I'm pretty good. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it is so strange, it, and you know, I, it's not egotistical at all for people. For people, I mean, to try to understand who aren't in the game, it's just um, it's just we're forgetting all the time that we're actually have we're we actually are crafting a ton of stuff. <laughs> it's just like, yes. Yes. and then you just kind of forget how much work went into it. Cause you're, uh, you're going through like just blind lunacy as you're trying to get a book and together. Oh, and, yeah. and then I'm it, telling oh my God, I'm, I'm approving illustrations and then, you yeah. know, fighting with the about how many illustrations we get and, Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the final product and, and, and the final product is usually made. I, I consider it like war. Like we've gone to war. And then all of a sudden the, the product is just like, oh, we went to war for that. That's kind of cool. And then but but yeah. part of me loves the part where it feels like war, where we're at it, that's the fun part where it's just like all consuming. The last thing I want to do is this. I got nine hours to get this in. It's it, that's and, and in the middle of it, it's the worst feeling in the world. And then when you get out of it, then you're like, oh, I want to go back to that feeling. It wasn't too bad. Yes. Yes, it's yeah, it's it's a weird addiction like that. And you know, that's how I found out that I wanted to be a writer when I grew up is the Seco Books cold emailed me, asked me if I ever wanted to do a tarot deck. I said yes. I had never I never published any, you know, I had done it like a few articles on the internet and whatnot. And so they, you know, they knew about that, but I didn't fancy myself a writer at all. Okay, yeah. And I went through this process and it was so insane and so grueling, especially because it was my first time. I was like, I had to figure out how to organize it. It was crazy. And, you know, at the end of it, I thought, this is definitely the hardest it will ever be. And God willing, the lowest amount of money I'll ever make 
from, from doing this. And I'm ecstatically happy. I love it. Yeah. So clearly this is what I'm going to do. You know, yeah, this, yeah. this is what I want to do. Isn't and then it, I yeah. was like, yeah, because that I when really it's, do. I want my MFA and. Yeah. The um, How did they find you? Were you, were you? were you doing readings in certain places and. I, Cindy Richards, who she, she's not with uh, the publisher anymore. She left, but she was the, she was the publisher. She saw a, a tarot scope. Have you seen those tarot scopes where in magazines they'll have a tarot reader, like pull a card for, it's like the horoscopes, but um, hmm. you know, pull a card, sign of the Zodiac and then do a little write up. And okay. I did one for this, this British magazine that's like a weekly, oh God, what is it called? It's called something just like style or something, you know, I don't know, one of those one word things. I feel like such an asshole that I can't remember the name of this right now because it's literally what got me my whole career. <laughs> I wrote the tarot scopes for this thing. She saw them and just like looked me up and like looked at me doing readings on Instagram or whatever and thought, why not? Oh, so you were also you were also doing video readings. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly. That's, yeah, that's great. And now I need to follow you on Instagram because I want to see your readings. But um, the uh, what was I? Oh, when you when you got your first article published about tarot, do you still have that? Do you still have your early writings of magazines that you were in? I mean, it was really, it was just that one. And then I wrote some stuff for, there used to be an online magazine called The Numinous. And I wrote some stuff for them, um, but it really wasn't much. Oh, and, uh, and, and so, since it was a British magazine, you couldn't see it at the newsstands here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I have a physical copy somewhere in, somewhere yeah. in my file. Uh, yeah, I, ugh, I'm, I'm terrible at having that. I know some people who have this awareness of their own archive that I'm very envious of where they like know exactly what to keep and how to store it. And I'm just like, Oh my God, mine's a mess. Good. I, mean, I got, I got like three boxes in my parents' garage of newspapers and magazines I've, uh, written for, but oh, I remember, I remember the early ones though. I would, uh, I would go to Barnes and Noble. And uh, yeah, if I had an article in there and uh, you know, I'd pull out the magazine, I'd flip it to the page I'm in. I think it was, this might've been when I first wrote for Mother Jones and I like, and I, I, I'd i put it there and I'd kind of like just stand in front of it, you know, wait for someone to come by and look at it. And, and it's just like, it, 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 this is when you realize like nobody cares about you or anything. <laughs> and I'm like sitting there going, I'm like, it, it, even when I was like going to Whole Foods and they, they they carried Mother Jones at the time. And I'm like sitting there going, yeah, where I get my groceries. I also, I am, I'm an author in this store. Yes. Hello, everybody. You know, I'm just like saying hi. And everyone's just looking at me like, what's the weird guy looking at me for? <laughs> Excuse me. Can I get some milk over here? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, uh, dude, when I, oh, I got, when, um. There was a first article on me in a, a, a San Francisco weekly. Uh, it was called The Guardian, which is one of the weeklies up there. So when that came out yeah. and I had like a big, the, the, my photo was like um, almost a half page. And so I was walking up to random people in San Francisco. I'd be like, excuse me, have you read The Guardian this week? Uh, and they'd be like, no. And I'm like, so you didn't see page 63? And they're just like, what? They're like, what? Like, what? Because I was like, because I don't know, this article just kind of interested me. And then I'd show them, they'd be like, that's you. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I was just, <laughs> I was looking like everyone I walked by for a week, I had my copy of The Guardian and I was just saying that over and over. And it was just so nice because people like were happy for me. At first they're like, is this guy a Mormon? And then, oh, and then it's just like, why is he offering <laughs> you know it's crazy it's so exciting i mean i still you know i every time i go but I'll, by the way both of us should be sponsored by barnes and noble because we're like plugging the hell out of them <laughs> yeah like every exactly. time a book comes right i go to barnes and noble and like go to the section and look at it on the shelf and it always it never feels real i don't know yeah. if there's a point 
in anyone's career where it does, but it feels like someone's gone and put it there knowing that I'll see it. It doesn't seem possible that it's just there all the time and people are buying it. Yeah. It, it blows my mind. No, I remember I was a staff pick at Barnes and Noble in San Francisco. And I was just, I walked in oh. just kind of like, I'm like, well, where, where? I'm like, where the, where the hell is, do you know, do you do, where's Duchesne? I, it's, I was just like kind of upset I, that they weren't stocking it. And I'm walking out just kind of in a huff and I see the staff picks and it's just like, boom. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. You know, it's, it's the, I want that high again. Bad. Like people say fentanyl's bad. No, it's getting stocked <laughs> in a bookstore. That's bad. You've got to wait like another 10 years. <laughs> Exactly. You're constantly chasing that first high of seeing yourself. <laughs> just sadly going in uh, with an old banged up used copy of your book and just inserting it in there so they could sell it. <laughs> this oh, isn't oh, even oh, in oh. our system. There's no sticker on it, sir. <laughs> right. Like somebody tries to buy it, like I guess you can just have it because it's oh I you know. I was I was so blatant at City Lights bookstore, they kept they kept um stalking they were stalking me for like a year in the uh, in City Lights in San Francisco. And and I knew the people that worked there. So I would like just stand at the register and um as as the tourists were coming in and I would be like and I'd be like, D have you read this book? And the people just look at me like, no. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I like it too. And I was like, the author seems cool. And I'd go to my author photo and they're like, that's you. And I'm like, I know. And I would like hand sell like every single copy. They'd be like, we're out of stock again, Tony. I'm like, well, I can't help it. It's my first book. Okay. You were saying earlier, like you're not a salesman. You're such a, that's amazing. That's I'm only, amazing. I'm only on, on that level. I, like I said, I grew up with Jehovah's Witness. So I know a hostile audience. So I knocked on doors with the, how to, how people can save their lives by joining us and living in a terrible way <laughs> and so and and so i grew up with door slammed on me with people throwing stuff at me it's I, I so being able to not be preaching something that is i later found out was kind of not true which blew my mind and being able to just interact with other humans because because before anyone who was not a jehovah's witness was an other entity and now it's, <clears throat> yeah. And now it's just, I, I think I really embrace just being able to talk to people on a level that's like, oh, I don't think you're going to die in Armageddon unless you join me. It's just, <laughs> it's like, it, it, it's all, it's almost like it, it continues to baffle my mind. And I love just approaching people just like, hi, I have, I have nothing, I have no, other intentions other than just saying hi it's right yeah, yeah i'm still i'm still a very uh shy timid person who feels like they're gonna get slammed into a locker at all times <laughs> oh those days i, I yeah, yeah i got i got beat up in the boys bathroom a couple times in high school it's just um yeah he just, just like, you know, I was, I didn't, I didn't grow. Like my puberty was late. Like my growth spurt was late. So these guys are monsters to me. <laughs> like throwing me. You know. yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like, I look back at that. And I'm like, I, why pick an easy target? Couldn't you pick someone a little bit more your size? Yeah. You don't look tough picking an easy target. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I was their appetizer. Maybe that's why they did it in the bathroom because they didn't want to, you know, it's just, it, those days it was like, I, I'm holding it in as much as possible and I'm waiting until, you know, certain times to go to the bathroom. So. Yep. Yep. Not going to be caught. <laughs> you ever watch Freaks and Geeks? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I feel like, like when that came out, I was that kid. I'm just like, I'm watching that show going, oh my God, like there's the story of my life right there. Well, very soon. Very seen by that show. Yeah, those kids needed. They, see, they just needed tarot to give them a little broader worldview. And on that note, is there something inside of you that kind of um, feels grateful for the boiling and getting pushed into a place where you had to search and find something as beautiful as the tarot? There, 
there is i don't i don't think i would call it grateful but i feel very proud of my ability to transmute all of that into something beautiful and bright and helpful for other people you know and not to get kind of taken down by it yeah definitely <clears throat> yeah definitely. I, yeah that's a good way to put it because it, it was testing your resilience and it's just like what do you do in this situation when you're the outcast especially at that age when all we want to do is not be the outcast one not be the outcast two not be popular just kind of like like kind of look at me but don't look at me but let's be cool yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah. And then I was also the outcast at, you know, there like home was not a safe place either. It was just like everything yeah. was all of the time. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, but there is, I mean, one of the things that I didn't realize was a really great, uh, I guess, sort of effect of that until I had read a lot of, done a lot of tarot readings for other people is that I, I grew up with nobody expecting me to do or be anything at all. So my whole life has just been a real choose your own adventure. Like I just do whatever I want to do. And I don't, I don't have any voice of like unmet expectations or you were supposed to do this or that, you know, like broadly society, but not, you know, when I tell people in tarot readings, like, Hey, if you're, really unhappy doing what you're doing like in whatever part of your life you cannot do that anymore that's a choice you can make and you can do something else you know are there responsible and irresponsible ways to do that yes let's talk through them but it's such like an like an earth shattering realization for so many people that i just have automatically because i had to make everything up as i went along you know, there were, there were just no, I mean, not only no guardrails, but you know, where there should have been, it was like rusty barbed wire instead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's I'm like, oh, well that allowed me to actually turn my life around a lot more quickly than if there had been, you know, than if I had had a, a very specific idea about what I was supposed to do. Yeah, I like that. And even my therapist has said that to me because I've done the mistake of saying, oh, I must have needed that in order to get here. And she's like, no, you didn't need that. It happened. And how you how you shifted the narrative and got out of it and showed resilience and then embraced something, then that then that's what happened. So, you know, be grateful about how you got out. Don't don't put too much uh, of the of the word. Oh, I guess that abuse needed to happen in order for me to. It's like right. no, no. There's it. It should not. It should not have happened. But you took it and you made it into the and made it into blank. So yeah, yeah. which is probably coming. You know, that's coming from your Jehovah's Witness right? of like God has a plan and everybody everything is for a reason and all that kind of stuff. Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. And, and we can go yeah. for another four hours if you like. Yeah, I know, like not, not to get into uh... <laughs> This is why I'm a good tarot. People just, we just get into very like deep, dark conversations very quickly. I, but isn't that I'm great? Yeah. Yes, I love it. Because cause I, I feel like as, you know, humans and even as strangers, even though when we're in such a world, you know, I'm pulling up my phone right now. We're in such a world where everyone's buried in their phones, which just hurts my heart to no end. And I, you know, I, people want to talk to each other and people want to be understood and to understand each other. And I think we're in a time yeah. now where something like the tarot is more important here where it's just like we can, we can connect and it's, and it puts the phones away. It brings out it brings yes. out the deck. How beautiful is that? Yes. You know, yes, it's yeah. This physical thing that you hold in your hands and you form a relationship with through touch, right? Oh. Which is so rare, yeah. really. Yeah. And then other people, yeah. You sit with other people and you talk about 
all of your, you know, your deepest stuff. Yeah. I was going to say deepest and it's not necessarily darkest, but maybe, you know, but yeah. you're talking about you know, getting really vulnerable. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing and that it's, you can get more vulnerable when you use tarot as this tool for navigation instead of prediction, because then you're not telling people like, oh, here's what's going to happen to you. You're telling people here is a possibility for your life. Should you choose to go towards it or away from it? Yes. And this card represents blank. So let's dive in. You know, I used to be so scared of pulling like the death card or a certain, I'd be like, Oh God, this is going to be a bad one. You know, when I, like when I first, started. and it's just like, there are no bad ones. Like you say in the book, you said there, there's no bad ones at the same time. We're not, we don't get off easy. We're in life. We don't, we don't get an easy ride. It's, life is hard. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so make the decision because each decision is going to be hard um, or, or each road will be hard, you know, especially if you take the road where you're just like, well, that'll be easy. Usually that's a bad decision because <laughs> yeah. you're not, you're not making any changes. So, so the beauty about the tarot is to give us, and this is from my point of view, but to give us the, the story of, oh man, it's, you know, it's almost like, uh, going into like three act structure of films or Joseph Campbell's, you know, uh, the mythology studies where it's just like, you have to slay the dragon. We don't get out of that. You know, it's, we, we got to show up yeah. to it. And, but the, 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 the most, the biggest obstacle is we're ready. We just don't know we're ready. And, and it's not going to be as bad as it, it, as we think it is. Well, and it's especially not going to be as bad as we think it is when we're prepared. Yeah. You know, when something is a surprise, then that's always more jarring and more difficult. But, you know, and I think I can't remember which, which card I, I wrote it in in the book, but, you know, isn't it better to know and to be able to deal with it than to just keep wandering through a fog, you know? And so that's that's why I think there are no bad cards too. Like, does it mean that nothing bad happens? Absolutely not. Like you said, no, you still have to slay the dragon. Um but now you can, but we can tell you what tools you have. Yeah. And what, you know, what the dragon's most vulnerable points are, you know, there's all this other information that can come in. Yeah. And the dragon might be ourselves. <laughs> almost always. Right, almost always. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? <laughs> it's just like, wait a second. Like, it's me. I'm responsible. I can't blame anyone for this. This sucks. <laughs> yep. Yep. I know you get, you get like such, there's such a narrow, a narrow window where you can blame someone. And then it's like, Oh, but now, you know, so now it's what you did with it. that counts. It's yeah. not anybody else's fault anymore. Yeah. Ah, oh, such a joy. Melinda, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. On February 24th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern time, Join me online via Zoom for a free novel writing workshop. Go to TonyDuchesne.com slash free to register. We'll work on putting a plan together, a plan of action of what it takes to start and finish your novel. That's TonyDuchesne.com free slash free. Do you want to have an amazing novel ready by the end of the year to start showing agents and publishers? I hope to have a next one ready to show agents and publishers at the end of the year. It's simple, yet it's not easy. So join me to set yourself up for success with your novel. That's TonyDuchesne.com slash free, limited to the first 50 students. TonyDuchesne.com slash free. And this is for the free creative novel writing workshop on February 24th, Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. UK. Join me, tonyduchesne.com slash free. You're listening to Pirate Cat Radio, KPCRLP, 92.9 FM, Los Gatos and beyond.